Welcome to Thrive with Trevor Huffman Podcast. Trevor will be sharing 20 years of his NBA, NCAA, and overseas basketball playing, training, and coaching experience to help basketball athletes, parents, and humans find their athletic edge and thrive. Thrive is a deep dive into the lives, routines, habits, and minds of the world's best mental performance coaches, leadership professors, pro basketball athletes, NBA and WNBA skill trainers, and thought-leading sports psychologists. Let Trevor help you find the edges of your comfort zone so you can thrive. Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. What's up, guys? This is Trevor Huffman. We got Wills Lee, who's a, a, a player at Alameda in college, also one of our Huffman basketball virtual workout trainers. So Wills and I decided, hey, you know what? It's COVID life. We got really nothing to do. We've been training kids uh, virtually here for about four months. And let's, uh, let's just start talking about basketball. You know, Wills, why don't you say hello, introduce yourself, tell people where you're from, and uh, we, can get, we can get to some of our topics today. Yeah, perfect. Um, thanks for having me. Um, what's up, guys? I'm Wills Lee. Um, I'm a senior here at Albion College. Um, I'm from Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I've been playing basketball since I can remember. Basically, right out of just right out of the womb, man. Yeah, basically, just right out of the womb. Was basically, I was just <laughs> born with a basketball in my hand. I started dri- when when good when did you start dribbling two basketballs like? Was that something? Because when I was in a you know middle school, nobody nobody ever thought like dribbling two basketballs was was an actual way to like train. But I remember, like I think I was the pioneer of two basketball dribbles, uh, dribbling, and uh, and then you probably started picking it up when you were like two or three. I don't know. Like when did you start dribbling? Yeah, no, that was funny. Um, I always had a little tykes hoop when I was a kid, uh, but. I mean, I, I, to be honest, I was not a good ball handler growing up, to be honest. Um, uh-huh. I went to a camp when I was in about fifth grade and, he, and I just learned all these two ball drills. And then I, I was terrible at him. I could barely even dribble one basketball, but I spent a lot of the hours in the basement and it got to a point now where it's like, I almost dribble two balls better than one. Yeah. Yeah. So I, saw it, some, I saw some of your videos. You, you know, if you guys check out our, Will's Instagram or my, the Huffman virtual basketball workouts on Instagram, you guys can kind of see, you know, some of the drills that, uh, Will Wills is kind of the, he's the TikTok guy. I don't even know what TikTok is, Will. So it's tough for me to like really embrace that technology, even though I'm trying to have a little growth mindset, you know, keep, keep learning out there, teach, you know, kind of talking to the kids, as you know, I'm a big advocate of like, Hey, kids, show me what you're going to do today. You know, and that's kind exactly. of one of the kind of one of the things I want to talk about today that we really kind of speak to the kids about. And to me, the difference between good and great or good and a badass, really, uh, if I may, if I may use that word, what we're really trying to create is, is kids that are badasses, you know, that find solutions on the court to anything, any adversity, any, any, any environment. And, and I think that's really important because kids that learn how to be, you know, that internal badass, not, not external, like, Oh, I'm better than you get out of my way. Not like a punk, but like the ability to overcome adversity and, uh, internally. And kind of want to talk to you, can, you know, just have a, have a debate. Like, how do you, how do you, how did you, how were you raised? I mean, you're not, uh, you can't dunk, right? I mean, uh, I've seen you, no. jump. you don't have a, you know, you're not like super explosive, but yet you've trained yourself, 
to get to play college basketball, which, you know, 5% of every kid does. And then you have me, uh, you know, that was small town kid played in Northern Michigan. And I got, you know, luckily got an NBA Jersey and played 13 years overseas. But really I would say everything I did, um, kind of started on the inside, uh, and then, you know, became training and became like, what was I going to do today to get better? So what, what, what were some of the things you did growing up that helped you kind of get over the hump and, uh, yeah. be a badass? really? Let's yeah, just... no, that was a great question. Um, growing up, I always played three sports and I always loved them all, but I fell in love with basketball and I decided to quit baseball. And basically I just decided to put all my time in. And I came across a quote when I was younger and it's hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Mm-hmm. And, and then my father introduced that to me at a young age. And from there, it just, I just fell in love with basketball, but I, my, I was always taught that I needed to distinguish myself from other players because like you said, I'm not the most athletic. I'm not the most tall. And so the way that I did that was the things that I could control. So on a daily basis, how hard I go in drills, how many times I'm going to work out a day, my mindset going into those things and me just basically doing my homework to be able to create myself and be a better player. And another big thing that I think that our world lacks is leadership. And that is one thing that I always try to distinguish myself from my competition, whatever sport I'm in is being the most vocal, being there early being able to pick my teammates up and being a good teammate. And that has really, I think, helped me with, with the athleticism that, that I kind of lack. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's, let's dive into that because I think it's interesting because I don't, I'm not, I didn't grow up in your generation. You know, I think this is interesting because I think you can relate to these younger kids that a lot of parents that listen, you know, if, 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 if parents listen to this, can relate to their kids and understand what are some of the barriers to uh, what are the, what does adversity look like now? You know, for some of these kids, you know, talk about time killers, you got Instagram, you got TikTok, you got Facebook, you got gaming, you got YouTube, you got so many AAU games, you know, like exactly what are some of the barriers to, to becoming, you know, a college basketball player in your mind for these kids, like a kid in middle school, a kid in high school, a kid in uh, elementary school, that's trying to, kind of really they love the game but they just don't know how to progress what do you think some of those barriers are now yeah no I think that's very interesting like you said it's a lot different from when you were a kid but like like mine was like climbing trees or some crap exactly you know like oh Trevor's climbing trees again there he goes look at that little look at that little little punk up there you know I'm like on top of a pine tree waving my hand you You were always doing something outside yeah exactly I was outside all the time now you got these kids they never leave their room they don't have to like you know (laughs) exactly and 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 that's a big thing I think of like you said a big barrier is social media because that's just what our world is coming to now where a lot of our businesses a lot of our personal life is all on that and and as a young kid I remember a big thing was trends or like a click or a, or a group. So yeah. if a, a, a trend was, um, was, uh, like, was like a certain video game, then we would all like, like what did you play? Where were you playing? You're probably um, playing like Madden. So like Madden 07 on the GameCube. Yeah. That, that most kids probably don't know what that is, but we, that, that was a big thing. And now with these kids, I mean, when did you get your folks first cell phone? Oh yeah. I didn't get a cell phone till, till college, you know, exactly. And it it didn't have anything like you could only call on it. It, Texting wasn't even a thing. So. Yeah, no. And, and that's the thing. I got my first cell phone when I was an eighth grader. So it's like my parents instilled in me where I've got to be outside and doing something. But now this generation is like you said, it's all a huge barrier of social media and, and just kind of just fitting the norm. And some kids like it was hard for me at first because all my friends are going to go do, go play video games or they're going to go to the movies. But I feel like if you're going to be successful in anything, you got to be different. And so you got to give up something that you love for whatever your outcome is. And so if that's not going to the movie theaters, I mean, I didn't go to some dances and I would be in the gym 
until 12 o'clock at night working on my game, trying to distinguish myself. So, I mean, that, that's a huge barrier that, that I think that these kids, and I'm not saying social media is a bad thing, but there's a certain way to use it and to prioritize it or like video games. Okay. So you set a schedule and I get my workouts done and I get my schoolwork done. Well, then I've got time to be able to enjoy that stuff. Right. Yeah. I think we, you know, I think we talk a lot about that in the virtual workouts, like you want to, you want to be a five-star player. Let's just say you want to be a five to me, a five-star player is a college player, you know, and beyond. And to get to that type of level, whether you're D three, D two or D one, you got to have either a very, very unique skill set, or you have to be a very, you know, unique athlete, uh, with a decent skill set. Um, and I think one of the things that we talk about with the kids is like, okay, what are you doing today? What does, what can you specifically tell me you're doing today and tomorrow? Uh, and if even better, tell me about your week of planning mm-hmm. and programming. And I think this is where kids and parents get lost because they get caught up in the, all the playing and, and, and all this stuff and AU and coaches and playing time. And, and the real progress is, is, uh, it's, it's, it's not made from just playing. Okay. Any, any, any kids like me or you, or, uh, you know, somebody that's short, you know, my dad always said point guards are a dime a dozen, you know, guards are a dime a dozen. And most of us are guards, you know? So if you're six eleven and you're, 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 listening to this then like my cousin jimmy's kid's gonna be 610 they say and i'm like well you know what all he's got to do is show up to these workouts and he's gonna play college basketball you know if he just show up he's already got a a big head start but these kids that don't have that natural height or athleticism they have to build a unique skill set and that's kind of what we i think we talk about or you know getting these kids to understand what are, what are five things, you know, to start? Maybe, maybe it's one thing you could get your kid to start doing. Like what's one thing he can do every day. If you know, he loves basketball, how can you help your kid start to do that one thing? Whether it's a 10 minute dribble workout, whether it's taking him to the gym on the weekend and, and playing mm-hmm. one-on-one with him. Uh, maybe it's going for a jog with him. Maybe it's, you know, pl- playing one-on-one in the driveway or, or doing a speed and agility workout. You know, uh, there's so many different things. And I try to tell these kids, like, you got weights, plyos, defensive drills, recovery, regeneration, flexibility, speed, agility, you know, skill work, competitive. Like, there's so many different ways to get better at the game. And exactly. yet all I see out there is parents doing AAU. Like, we, you know what I mean? Do you feel like that's AAU culture has pervaded now a parent and, and it just stops their child from progressing because that's all they focus on. I, I agree with you tenfold on that because everybody's so worried at, okay, we're going to go to Las Vegas for a nine U tournament. It's just like, and in all reality, I coached AU for a little bit and you go to these tournaments and it's like almost the parents are more into the game and like, like locked in than the kids are because yeah. they're, they're nine years old. They're going to Las Vegas. I mean, my personal take on AAU is, so I play the whole game, okay? Say say you're guaranteed three games, so I shoot 10 times, 12 times. That's 36 shots in three games. Well, I can go do that in, in the driveway for five minutes right? and get real good game reps. And the thing with that five-star program is I've got a lot of parents and kids that ask me, well, how can I get better? What, what, what can I do? Can you train me every day to be able to accomplish that goal? And I don't know how you feel about this, but I, what I love about the virtual, virtual workouts is it's twice a week, but it's not every day. So the kids are getting the skills, but then they have to go out and go actually teach themselves. Right. And, and yeah, we're not just- holding the hands here. Like, I think that's the whole idea is like, we don't, if you got to hold your kid's hand to get better, then maybe they haven't discovered what they truly love yet. And I think the exactly. the friggin' point is like, let your kid discover what they love to do and then, you know, get him understanding what the process is to, to develop them, to develop that passion, develop that purpose, develop that, you know, that skill, that talent and master, whatever it is. I don't care. You want to be a badass exactly. doctor. You want to be a badass pianist. All right. So, <laughs> 
yeah, obviously we're teaching basketball players, but I think this process, you know, applies to every, everything I do in life, whether it's my real estate company or uh swish house, you know, adult basketball fitness, we're stuff, anything that I do, I always think about it in these terms is like, there's always a process, you know, and that might, that means I got to one show up B I got to be accountable and I got to be able to fight through adversity, you know, that any, any kind of business or life throws at you. And I know college basketball, there's a ton of adversity, right? Mm -hmm. So you're not for you. Like you have to schedule, you have to go to class. You got to go to practice. You got to work out. You got to do all these things. It's and it seems like now, you know, the parents are afraid to challenge their kids in a way that the kids have to be accountable to themselves. And you can't hold a kid's hand. Now you can go out and give them good coaching, give them good feedback, you know, but the problem is kids don't want that. They want, they want to feel good. They want to feel special. They want to feel, you know, they want to, they want a trainer to tell them it's all right, man, you're doing great. You're not doing great. Okay. Your body's in the wrong position. You're not getting any space. You can't do a punch dribble and inverted. You can't get, you know, you can't even do a one-two step into a jump <laughs> shot. You did, You can't do anything technical. So exactly. the trainers today, they're lying. And I think uh, a lot of them do it because they know that that's the easy route, the easy path for parents and the kids is the, e- the easiest path of resistance is, you know, to not really ruffle any feathers and, and make everything fun and easy. And I'm, you know, listen, I'm all for like have kids having fun. You know, I want to have fun too. But at the end of the day, you know, you, you, you know, life is going to be coming at them in college. You know, if they want to play college basketball, they want to do be successful and go on and have uh, success. So, you know, we got to prepare them. And I think exactly. that's, that's kind of what we, I, I think we talk about a lot with these kids with Huffman basketball, the virtual workouts. And I think thriving in general, you know, the name of this podcast is really about that. And um, yeah, so yeah. I'd, I'd love some parents to just weigh in on that, like ask a question, maybe, once you hear this, you know, shoot, shoot us some questions and exactly. I, I would love to get after it. You know, I listen to a lot of podcasts about self-development player, you know, self-growth, yeah. personal growth. And like, you know, you listen to like the Navy SEALs guys, you ever listen to those types mm-hmm. of guys talk and they're just like, yeah. uh-huh. they view everything as a challenge, you know, they're, and, they're, they're so intense. Yeah. At like 2020, I mean, 2019, 2020, I was in Belgium head coaching a pro team. It, this COVID hits. I get sent home. I don't know where I'm going. My life's upside down. But you know what? Nobody signed up for COVID. So we're all actually practicing like grit, you know, come, overcoming adversity. But I don't think too many people look at it that way. You know what I mean? Like most people mm-hmm. just complain and they whine. They don't look at this as like a challenge or like I'm growing. I can grow from this experience. Do you, you know, how do you feel like that? Kind of, we can turn it around for kids, like to look at. Well, no, exactly. Like, you, know, and- you you missed your, you know, you missed your senior basketball season. Like you also have to sit out. Like, how are you dealing with it? I mean, like you said, I think about this in, in two ways where, you know, I can throw myself a pity party and say, poor me, it's, it's, it's COVID's fault. And you know what, I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to fold. But the, the way that I looked about it is a lot of people that I talk to in the basketball world, they, they think, oh, COVID's, COVID's not this, it's not that. But in all reality, as a player, this is the best time for you. Because, okay, gyms aren't open or whatever, but it gives you so much time for you to be able to work and develop on your game because normally your off season is only a couple months. But now you have a whole span to work on your skills and make yourself a better person. I, I feel like we talk about parents and the kids these days. I mean, I'm a high school basketball coach and then I coach high school football. And the biggest thing that I see with these kids is, is like entitlement. And it's like, you go to a track race, I get, uh, everybody gets a medal. What is that? What is What does that teach these kids these days? And especially with COVID where that just gives them an extra, extra cop out. And I just think that people in general need to look at COVID as it's an uncontrollable f- factor but it can make myself a way better person. And it gives me time to be able to put time into things that I normally don't have that much time to do. Mm -hmm. 
So like, like, like with me, I, I'm, I'm able to focus on parts of my game that I haven't got gotten able to do. And it's worked out great. I mean, do you imagine when you were a kid and you had this much time, would you be playing video games and, and, and sitting on the couch? I don't know, man. I liked, I actually, when I was a little kid, I, I'm not going to lie. Nintendo was pretty sweet. Like video was games, <laughs> like Atari was like the first one. I hated Atari because it was like beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, <laughs> beep. But you know, you're just basically playing paddleboard with a little ball. But then, you know, they had this, this little hockey game, Nintendo. I remember, exactly. I re- but you know what? I, I remember my dad being, being like, uh, you know, you're going to, you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to get where you want to go if you're just playing video games all day. And, you know, he would challenge me. I think my dad was really good at that. Um, yep. He would challenge me in a way that um, he would find players that were always a little bit better than me. And he would always have me go play him. He would always find a way for me to play against those kids. And then he would say, Hey, you know, you missed your left-handed layup. Maybe it's time to work on, you know, left-hand layups. And, and different shots around the hoop that you keep missing when you play one on one. And and so he really tied, he kind of like, you know, helped me connect my own dots. And I think, yeah. I think parents that are, are there really are there to help connect the dots for kids and, and put them mm-hmm. in the right position to grow and remind them that the process is important. And I think, you know, COVID is a perfect time to grow because that's exactly mm-hmm what that's all we really have, you know, and I think it's, it's tough. I mean, it's also hard, but yeah. enti- entitlement, I think, you know, is that belief that you deserve or entitled to kind of certain privileges, right? Oh and, yeah. So I, I've, I've got a question for you off of that. Yeah. So you, so you came from a small Northern <laughs> Michigan. Um, no, Petoskey's but, a metropolis. Petos- Don't ever talk exa- about Petoskey like that. Up, up North Petoskey. Yes, it is. That's, that, <laughs> that's like Beverly Hill. Exactly. <laughs> but um, you, I bet, felt like at some point, you know what, all these D1 players, they're, they're all these D1 coaches, they're going to come recruit me and they're going to do that. But in all reality, Kent State's a great school. But did you have that feeling that, that you should have gone bigger? And with that, what was your mindset to be able to prove them wrong and then and then get to the NBA and then get to – 13 years overseas what what was that whole because entitlement i think mm-hmm. plays in, into your thing a lot because these kids think you know what i should be playing varsity as a freshman they do they they talk the talk but they don't walk the walk yeah so i'm just curious to see how your mindset kind of during that whole process was like that with entitlement yeah it's it's a good question i mean for sure i mean uh, i didn't really believe that i was entitled to play on varsity but I did want to prove it. You know, I always wanted, I always, that was my mentality was like, you know, okay. Coach Starkey was my varsity coach at Petoskey, a legendary high school coach, huge influence on my life. He didn't bring me up to varsity my first day, you know, and in high school he, he made, I played JV and you know what? That was really, really hard for me. And I remember thinking, man, this is, this is bull crap, man. I didn't, I I swore, which, you know, I, I was mad. I, I believed that I was good enough to play on varsity because I had played against those guys. I had proved it. I had gone up there. And, um, you know, so I remember at one point my JV coach, Matt Tam, um, saying, you know, well, th- this is the this is the reality. You're on JV. And uh, this JV team really needs you. They hadn't won a game. <laughs> like the JV team had never won a game in their life. Seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade. They, they had never won a game. So he basically you know, said to me, you know, if you, if you can turn this team around and start winning and show that you're, you know, you, you bring a ton, you bring a ton of value to, to the, to this team, you know, it's, you, you gotta be so good that, you know, nobody can ignore you in a, in a way. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're so good or, or you want to prove that, that you deserve, that you're a winner and that success, no matter what the adversity is, um, that you'll do whatever it takes to win, and you'll do whatever it takes to, you know, be a good teammate and and um and and help your team succeed. Like I think that's how I got to varsity. I didn't get to varsity because I was like, I believe I'm the I am better than these guys. Screw this. I want to exactly. I'm going to transfer. I'm going to do this. You know, it's like no man. I'm I'm actually going to stay in this. And um, I think it was actually harder for my dad. Like my dad was really mad because he's like, 
Trevor, you're going to, you know, you, he, he had seen me play against my older brother who was on varsity and yep. he knew that I could be, you know, basically was playing head to head with my older brother and one-on-one. We were very close at that point already. And my brother was an all state player. So who played at Albion, by the way, Hey, go Brits. Um, <laughs> hey, go Brits. That's what I'm you know, saying. So, yeah, I, I think that the belief that you deserve or entitled to it, uh, to, to a ribbon or a trophy, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't really subscribe to that. I think every kid deserves the right to play and participate uh, uh, up to a certain age. But, you know, like, I think at a certain point, play is, you know, competition and play are, too, you know, they, they're, they're linked, but they're not mutually exclusive. You know, they're not, you can't, you're not going to always be able to do both as you get older. Like, I can't go compete on NCAA. I can't go compete and be on ESPN anymore. You know, I can't, yeah. I can't go compete and get paid you know, $150,000, uh, because I want to participate. Nobody's just going to hand me money in life. You know, nobody's going to hand me a job because I'm entitled to it. And I think that's, you know, at, at a certain point you do want kids when they're young to play and enjoy the process. I'm not saying that, but also we've got to figure out like, okay, if they really want to be good at it and succeed at it, at what point do you take that that entitlement away and say, no, you had, now you have to earn it and, and it's okay to earn it and it's okay to fail. And it's okay to, you know, kind of get knocked on your butt and learn how to pick yourself up and have a parent not be the one that's always, um, you know, reaching to grab your kid off the ground, you know, to, exactly. to, to baby him and, and, and create that sense of entitlement. Cause I think that's what happens, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. that, that's, it's a good question, man. But, well, let's, uh, yeah, let's transition a little bit. I know um, the, a lot of the kids in our workouts have really taken, you know, kind of that five-star program or, you know, what can they do every day to, to earn points, you know, five things you can do every day, uh, you know, and, we, and I know that you're a huge, huge planner, um, but let's, let's, let's switch gears here and uh, let's talk about, you know, five things that you're going to do uh, tomorrow. What are the five things you're going to do tomorrow to get better at the game? I love that. That's a great question. Um, so I, w- I would say um, for, for basketball-wise, I will have about a 45-minute shooting workout. That's, that's my first one. Mm-hmm. I'll, do, I'll do a full-body lift tomorrow. I try to read about 20 pages a day. Nice. To be able I like to, that one. To, to learn new things what from are you reading like stoicism or, or like no, algebra. I'm, nope. <laughs> Actually I am taking an algebra class right now. It's kicking my butt, but um, no, I'm reading a, a book that Kobe Bryant wrote. It's so it's a book about his life story and his work ethic. And I just think he's one of the greatest competitors in all sports. Mm-hmm. They call it that Mamba mentality. And so I just like to really learn from that and, and just, and just, and just pick it apart and be able to put it into my life. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the fourth, fourth thing is I'll do a, like a vertical jump workout, like a half an hour thing. I, I mean, I can barely slap the glass, but I still work on it every day to, to try to improve mm-hmm. because it, because it, that's a big part of my game. And then, and then, and then the the fifth thing that I try to do is I try to do something that's outside of me to help somebody's life every day. So if that's uh, making a phone call to somebody that I haven't seen in a long time, um, or calling a grandparent, or just doing a, a simple act to help somebody else's life, mm-hmm. is kind of like the fifth thing that that I, that I try to do. Besides that, um, and then I would say just another thing would be like I, I try to meditate once a day too, just to be able to be able to stay present in the moment yeah. and and understand what's going on around me because I feel like kids a lot get sped up and they get nervous and that and they just got to be able to clear their mind and be present and you know what I I've got all this background noise but I'm not going to let it affect me. So yeah, those are kind of right. like the, the like the six things that I will do tomorrow. I mean, there'll probably be a couple more, but I think that was five. But whatever. Yeah, Stick five. Yeah, see, yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, I, 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 I've, I've been 
I've been reading that algebra book too much, <laughs> but, and then of course also is like, it's homework. And then yeah. of course my nu- nutrition and what I'm eating, I'm a very, uh, yeah, your body fat like 3% or some, some, something ridiculous. <laughs> it, 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 it's like 5%. I'm yeah. trying to get uh-huh. down to 5%, man. All the dads out there that listen to this, they probably know what I'm talking about. 41 hey. is no joke. You gotta, you got I'm doing like a partial keto. I, you know, I, I do like MCT oil in my coffee, Wow. eat almonds. Like you would never, I just, you know, who knows? I'm, my goal is to dunk and my keep being able to, you know, get back to dunking. I'm pretty close right now. Um, well, I, I saw that video that you guys posted on Swish House. If you guys have seen that, I go, got hops, man. go check it out on Swish They're House. They're coming so. back. They're coming back. You know, I'm, I think right now I'm probably at about, so when I graduated college, I could run like a 450, 445 mile. Okay. Um, you know, Kent State was probably one of the toughest, mentally toughest um, I was ever physically mentally i mean i could run i could run for days you know we 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 trained all the time i mean it was like i was on another level of physical preparation and i think that's like a really big thing you know for elite guards out there that that really want to make the jump you know you have your engine and your rpms and your your, your the ability to play at a pace that uh, you other players can't sustain for 40 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever high school is, or, you know, I think that's really kind of the diff- the big difference maker for a lot of kids that exactly don't want to make that jump. You know, I think from a, from a, from a, from a, a place of like, I'm good and now I'm great. And I think that was like a real hard thing I learned when I went to Europe, like my five things, you know, I'd probably, you know, I wake up, I would do a superfood smoothie, for instance, I was really big into, you know, l- low sugar, but all, all plant protein kind of vegan, yeah. vegan type stuff. I would do fruit, um, mix in some antioxidants, you know, my, my dark berries and spinach and avocados. I'd throw it all into a blender with some, some plant protein, superfood, um, you know, plant protein type stuff. Yeah. And that was like a big, that was like how I started my day or, you know, and then I would go, uh, lift, um, you know, in, 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 in Europe overseas basketball life, you know, you're, you, it's basically up to you. Like nobody's like challenging you to lift hard or run hard. They're like, we just expect you to perform. And I think that's, so a big, would you big teach thing. your European players? Like, like, would they like yeah, they had follow no idea. you for your they workouts? Had, so like you're like yeah, your yeah. own trainer almost. For sure. Like uh, European guys would be like, wow, what is, what is, what's a, what's a, you know, a power clean or a snatch or a, a dumbbell, you know, hang clean or, or a kettlebell or a rear elevated single leg squat. You know, what is Trevor doing? And I think they saw how hard I worked in the weight room, but you know, a lot of the stuff they didn't see. And, and I was okay with like not showing what I did. I think, I think that's like one of the things that I can't stand about new trainers is like, you know, you, you see all the hype out there of like trainers are like, yeah, you know, this is, this is how you do it. This I've trained this guy or this guy. And you look at the trainer and you're like, bro, you've, you didn't even succeed in college. You didn't play in the pros. You are really it's like that credibility. Yeah. And, and, and I'm not saying I'm not bashing these trainers. I think, you know, no. I think there are really good trainers out there that care about the athlete and care about the player and, and care about the growth and they care about the right things, but you also just see them like not giving any feedback to a player or being like, yeah, great move. 17 dribbles. You got two to two feet away, you know, and you didn't even get into the footwork that you're going to use in a game or so I, I, mm-hmm. I, anyway, I'm regressing. Um, but you know, I think like that stuff that you don't see is just as important as what you do see. And if you're looking at a trainer and you're looking at stuff like, Oh, I got to do that because he did it you better really look closely at who's why you're doing what you're doing and, mm-hmm. and, and what you're, what it is you're trying to accomplish uh, with that. So, you know, YouTube videos, uh, Instagram videos, like what your kids are watching, why are they learning it? And, and how does that apply to the highest levels? Cause I don't think a lot of these guys, you can't watch the NBA and be like, Oh, this is the shot I'm going to do. This is the shot I'm going to, you know, I'm going to create, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this step back, step back. Uh, you know, that's going to be my shot and I'm going to work on that. You know, and I think that's where people can get lost because they're not really building the, the, they're not stacking fundamentals where they can find solutions in a game when it really matters. And, um, you know, so like, 
I would do, uh, I would do dribbling workouts on my own. I would do, I would do sand workouts. That was another thing I did. I would do ladder, sand, speed, agility, you know, always working on my explosive fast twitch type, you know, I would sprint out of the sand. I would be really kind of push myself in ways that nobody ever saw. Um, Exactly. And, and I was very quiet about that. And I think it's, it's good to be, you know, quietly working behind the curtain, you know, uh, so that when the season comes or when the game comes, you know, you've done things that other people haven't yeah. seen, you know, and then, it, and then shooting, you know, like shooting was a big one for me, shooting off the dribble. What are all the different footwork patterns? I got to shoot off the ball screen or, you know, my, yeah. I think today's offense, you know, not we, we see pin downs into ball screens into inverted, you know, ice to all these situations. And, and for instance, I got a kid in grand blank, RJ Taylor, who's, you know, top, top in his class in the country for a point guard. He's very, very skilled, but I watch his game and I'll say, you know, you just don't, you're still so young and you don't understand mm-hmm. how to, how to get to spots on the floor. Um, exactly. With the right footwork and the right spacing and the right tempo. And, and, you know, it happens way too slow. And in Europe, they're doing all this stuff when they're five, six, seven, yeah. nine, ten. And I think we really kind of dropped the ball. So, um, you know, that, so, that yeah. those would be my things like look I've at, got, watch video, I've, understand spacing. Yeah. Why, who's, who's rotating on a, what should you do on a hard hedge? What should you do on an ice? What should you do on a, on a drop? What, should, you know, what should these young players be learning? Uh, and I think that's the stuff I want to talk about with them. You know, even if it's a little bit over their head, it's like algebra, you know, you just keep learning it. You keep looking at it. Exactly. You film, you keep watching tape and eventually it starts to add up and you're like, oh, okay, I'm starting to see the patterns here. At least that's how my my bad math brain worked. I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I think I get it." <laughs> two plus two equals four. Yeah, just get right to the point. Mm-hmm. But um, kind of pivoting off of that, um, you 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 mentioned you mentioned the weight room a lot, and I and I I hear this with my players and that I talk to, they're 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 all about basketball, basketball, basketball. But in your eyes. How, when in your career, because you went very far, which by the way is very impressive. Oh, how you, that's really nice. Yeah, of you. Finally, yeah, no problem. The first compliment. Hey, that's what I'm saying. Hey, <laughs> they don't come often, <laughs> but um, you save um, those for the ladies, don't you? Well, hey, that's what hey, you, you've got to. <laughs> <laughs> um, how a, after your career and everything, looking back on it, how important was the weight room? to just practicing basketball because I get this quite I get this question a lot about oh does my kid have to lift weights is that really necessary because he doesn't need to be big because of basketball and whatever and so I'm just curious from from your point of view what that Mm -hmm. like what the weight room has really meant to you in your career and still to this day oh my gosh yeah I mean if you think the weight room is not for basketball players, you, you could never, you are wrong. It's like strength, mobility, flexibility, you know, a sport performance today is really just completely changed yes. since uh, when I was in college, you know, it was like, okay, we got to get strong. Okay. And now you look at the trainers now, it's like, okay, we, we want you to be strong, but we also want it to be functional, you know? And I think that's, and, and they want mobility, you know, they want, it's like, if you, if you're a Ferrari and you don't have any brakes and you can't decelerate your body cause you're not strong enough, well, you're going to get mm-hmm. hurt. You're going to have exactly. knee injuries in any, every knee injury you have or any injury you have is, you know, it's a setback. Uh, Pat Riley called those, you know, negative lightning bolts or thunderbolts and, or you, something like that. My dad always used to say that. I'm like, yeah, well, I don't want any more of those cause you know, and that's, <laughs> and, that, and that's why you're in the weight room to take care of your body. Your body is a huge component. Um, and your fitness is a huge component. And I think that's what I really focused on in college, especially high school, college, you know, was my dad got me an MBA. He would, he, he drove me down to the Pistons trainer and we would walk in there and I would watch the Pistons train and, you know, I'd steal stuff from them. I was constantly stealing stuff from everybody. I still steal stuff. You should be stealing mm-hmm. um, stuff from, and I think that's where Instagram and some of that stuff is really good. There's a lot of uh, creative people out there. Uh, Mike Boyle is one guy I really like. He's, uh, online. You can, you know, he's got content all the time. And, um, so I think that stuff is really, really important. Um, 
you know, we used to do everything off two feet in the weight room, you know, mm-hmm. squat, uh, sled, you know, and now you look at it and they're, they're standing on a Bozu ball with a band around their it, knee doing it's more body weight. Yeah. Well, or, or it's, it's not always body weight, but they, they, you know, like it's, it's more functional with, pro, with, with proprioception and balance and, and, and other things mixed in because that's more realistic to a game. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, like D if you, if you play against a D one player or a pro player, they're going to be really strong. I mean, you saw that when you played against my brother, right? He's, mm-hmm. they are, uh, they get to a point where their, their strength is never going to be uh, an issue. You know, a guard is going to be strong enough to, to, you know, to stay in front of you and, and take a bump, you know, at that level. They, and they know their body so well and how it moves. Yeah. They know how to use it to create space offensively and they know how to use it to take away space defensively. And I think that's why you have to work on your body, you know? So any, any parent that would say that I, I would tell them they are, uh, that's insane. You, you're going to, you know, essentially your kid's not going to reach its potential. Let's just say that. Now, if they're like freak athletes, like LeBron did, I mean, LeBron, you think LeBron doesn't lift weights? All right, <laughs> get out of here. Like I knew LeBron when he was 19, you know, he used to come to Kent state games. He was like a, he was like a little twig, you know, <laughs> even, even when he was uh, like early pros, he, he developed his body so much. And uh, that's why he is, you know, who he is now. So speaking of LeBron, do you think his like Bronny, his like son is going to play in the NBA? Do you, do you ever hey, watch that kid? Do you ever do you ever watch like highlights of Bronny and be like, Man. yeah? So actually, Bronny just tore, he just tore his meniscus. Oh, really? I don't know if you I don't know if you heard that. Yeah, that that happened today. Actually, I know that. So, how did you know yeah, that? So what he, are you like? What are you on Bronny's Instagram feed? No, so actually, no. My roommate told me that this morning. Um, he 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 underwent um, meniscus surgery this morning, and but. Yeah, no, I I I, wa- I watched him play. So he played he played at Sierra Canyon, and I played against a guy who is now uh, Ohio State's starting um, shooting guard, Dwayne Washington. Okay. And so I mean that's that's some of the best basketball in high school, and I I think he's got the talent. Um, if he continues to grow, and he can develop his jump shot, I really think that he could be playing. Mm-hmm. How tall is he now? I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't know Brownie like you know Brownie. So I just looked him up. Brownie. It says he's six two, one hundred seventy six pounds, and he's sixteen years old, which is very. I mean, he's growing into his body phenomenally. Yeah, and so you're saying. I, I mean, I've seen a little bit of video on him. I, I feel like, first of all, like, do you know who Michael Jordan's sons are? No, you See, don't, no, right? no. And and mm-hmm. I think I think in this age, like LeBron's son is probably good at basketball, but he's you know, if he if he's not gonna be six eight, you know, and he doesn't have like I'm sure he loves basketball and he's getting a ton of attention. But like I I always wonder when I see these highlights of like six one, six two guards that are, you know, you know, basically like YouTube sensations and I'm and I see them play and I'm like, uh I don't know, man. I don't think you're going to pan out. <laughs> like that's what I look exactly, at it. as a yeah. sc- like as a scout. You know, you basically you're looking at their talent and saying, well, what are some of the what are some of the def- the you know kind of weaknesses in their game? And you know, like a six one guard, scoring guard in the NBA is is not going to do well. Okay, like no, sorry, mm-hmm. Bronny, but you're if you're six eight and you can do that, it's a different story. Now, if you're six two uh, and you're a scoring guard, you're not a point guard you know, it's, it's, you're going to have a long career ahead of you. And so I think that's like one of the things, like there's that Mike Williams guy who's like always on YouTube and I'm always yeah. like, Oh my gosh, this kid's jumper is just whack. He better figure out some mechanics. He He's not a great passer. I've seen him play, you know, live games and I'm just, you know, that's the part of, of the game where I think a lot of kids, they, you know, I'll get so focused on scoring. Yeah, you're exactly. six, you're six, two, like, Tell me the last six two NBA All Star. Yeah, no, I mean, and and scoring you, guard, you, especially exactly, ex- yeah. exactly. I mean, you see that all the time, and I think, and this kind of brings up a, 
like a like a question kind of pivoting off of that is like so people say like Stephen Curry. Mm-hmm. He's he's six three, but he's not extremely athletic, but he does things that other players don't do. I mean, he created a whole new type of basketball, which was shooting threes mm-hmm. and from deep. I mean, to me, he's personally the greatest shooter of all time. But a question that that I have for you is so Stephen Curry versus Kyrie Irving. Who, who is a better shot maker between those two? Yeah. I mean, I guess that's a really good question. I mean, Kyrie is, is um, obviously one of, the, one of the rare, you know, kind of scoring point guards that can, can pass. And I think Steph Curry, to me, Steph Curry is a better passer. You know, he's a better pick and roll player. He, he's an mm-hmm. overall, you know, facilita- better facilitator, I think. Um, but I mean, you look at Kyrie, I mean, he's just so talented at creating and playing one-on-one and, you know, I mean, he still averages six, six assists a game. He's averaging 27 points, like five rebounds. He's six, two. I mean, to me, these are, these guys are like one in a, one in a billion. I mean, they are literally one in a billion. you like, so it, I would say if, if I'm putting my money on the line, uh, to go one-on-one, you know, I would say Kyrie Irving's is going to, is going to win. I think he's just a better, a little bit stronger, uh, better at creating his, creating his own space in one-on-one mm-hmm. situations. But I think Steph Curry, uh, to me makes teams better, uh, it, it, just with his pick and roll awareness, his ability, you know, to be such a pure shooter, you have to stay so close to him on pick and rolls and, and they, you know, the game is pick and rolls now. So, you know, like I, I would, I would rather have, Steph Curry, you know, or, you know, essentially running on my team with the right players, depending on who the other players are. But if you were like, Hey, we need to, we need to, we need a player to make shots and get, you know, create shots and, and score, you know, I'm probably going to go with Kyrie. Uh, so that's a tough one though. What would you do? What do you, what's your, what's your take on it? So th- this question is hard for me because I'm a big Steph Curry fan. He's my favorite player. Um, but putting all bias aside, I would still go with Steph Curry because I've watched him, I've studied him, and he's hit so many game winners and shots at the buzzer that just you you you'd never think that you would be able to to script up. Yeah. And 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 his ability to create space off the dribble and and do his stabs and a step back and have no airspace and still create a little bit of it and get his shot up. And I think, I, to me, personally, I think he's one of the best finishing guards in the league. I mean, you, you look of all these – he does such a great job of slowing down and getting into the guy. And he, he's got – to me, he's got one of the best hands, left hands too. Yeah. I mean – I mean, Kyrie, their finishing packages around the rim are ridiculous. I mean, Steph oh, is I averaging mean, 30. He's averaging five – Five and a half rebounds, six, six, and you know, six and a half assists. Basically, mm-hmm. you know, it's the it, the reason that they can score thirty is also because they can they can facilitate you know almost fifteen points a game off passing. You know, so you yep. can't just say, all right, you're going to play one on one with me, then you know we're gonna we're gonna load we're gonna overload a zone and we're gonna we're gonna you know really get up into you and see what see if you can score. Like both of them are good passers, you know, mm-hmm. and. um so yeah, you're right. Like Steph Curry, I think uses leverage because he's such a great shooter, uh, especially leverage off the pick and roll with his his handle. I mean, and Kyrie has more of that one on one. Like I'm just gonna go at you, handle. You know what I mean? Where I'm gonna come yeah. at you and my my ball velocity, my footwork. He's got a post up game. You know, he can do Rondo pivots, Kobe pivots, up and under step backs. Uh, he can do lateral one twos. He can do drags and punches and all these all these things that we talk about with the yeah. Huffman Huffman basketball workouts. You know, it's like he's been he can stack his footwork on top of each other. At each each time he gets stopped, each time somebody cuts him off, he's just going to the next solution with his footwork. Yeah. You know, and and his upper mechanics are pretty good. I don't think his shooting mechanics are as good as Steph Curry's. Obviously, mm-hmm. I think Steph Curry, like you said, he, he's you know kind of proven that. He's he's one of the best shooters ever to play the game, um, and so efficient. And his 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 shot 
you know, dribble to shot pocket to release is one of the fastest, you know, I'm, I'm not, I wonder actually if there's a stat out there, but I would bet, I would bet a lot of money that he's got one of the fastest releases in the game ever from, from, from dribble shot pocket to release. So, yeah, so I, I just looked that up. It says Curry's release was timed at 0.4 seconds by sports science. Yeah, that's crazy. And the average NBA release is 0.54 seconds. Yep. You know, and then, and then some guys have more of a traditional jump shot, you know, where they have to jump and then release mm-hmm. it, you know, but I think from the, from the moment, yeah, like from the moment he dribbles and does a step back or whatever, he, that sh- that thing is coming out, man, and it's coming out quick and it's coming out efficient. And you know he's he's done it millions and millions of times. Where I think a lot of kids think, okay, I can shoot this step back because Steph Curry does it, or I can pull up for a three because Steph Curry does yes. it. And you're like, no, no, actually, no, you don't deserve that because you haven't put in the reps at a, at game intensity where you can prove that you can make eight or nine out of ten. Uh, and you can make different shots and, you know, like I work out, I work, you know, I work you out. I work my little brother out. I, 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 yeah. You can see efficiency off the dribble goes way down. And, uh, you know, for instance, we do a two and a half minute drill. The two and a half minute drill is you, you got to make two shots in a row at the corner, the wing, the top wing corner, and then you start again. Yeah. And if you do that off the dribble where you just have to do different shot patterns, let's say you do a jump stop or a quick hop or a little hop, uh, a, a punch into a step back, a hezzy pull up outside, inside shooting footwork, all these different footwork patterns. You know, like I, if I did that, I think, I think we did that workout this summer with RJ and you. And, yeah. and I think, mm-hmm. I think the highest I ever got was like a 13, 13, 13 spots in two and a half minutes. So I made for off, for off the dribble or catch and shoot. That was catch and shoot. That was catch and shoot. So like, I was like, you know, I'm thir- I'm 41. I'm dying. By the way, I'm I'm breathing heavy. My, I'm about to throw yeah. up. You know, but you take like my brother or you or these, you know, these elite guys. You know, I think you should be able to get 15. Like that's a good score. 15. I think I think I got 17. Yeah, 17 is is amazing. You know, like probably your your highest score. Like, but on yes. average, if you can get between 13 and 15, 15 every every two and a half minutes, I think that's awesome, right? But now, mm-hmm. if you do that off the dribble. Tell me what your score is, because I know, I guarantee, you know, a Steph Curry is probably able to keep his efficiency off the dribble, uh, whereas a high school player, you know, he, he'll make five spots, so he he might not even get it's to six. That. Yeah, you know, and so these these kids they don't understand what efficiency is, and they don't understand the difference between a good shot and uh, and a bad shot, you know, or a poor poor uh, poor percentage shot, and so. I think that's where it com- when it comes to training, you you know you have, you have to learn the technical aspect of the footwork and the shot, which is important. Uh-huh. But it's also like, well, when do you shoot this? Are you ready to shoot it? Um, and I think you know that's one thing we try to talk about in in the workouts and the virtual workouts. But um, good, yeah. So kind of pivoting off of that, I've got a fun little question for you to answer. So another I, I, fun I, question. I love fun questions. I know because I, I I heard this the other day. So you've got to have a starting five, okay? Yeah. And in the NBA, from from it could be from when it started to now. Oh boy! This name your name your top five. What who you're going to have at what position? So point guard, shooting guard, forward, and it could be positionless basketball. You can just put five players where okay. you want them. Okay. Shaq's at the five. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to put LeBron at the one. I'm always going to okay. have a mismatch at the one. I'm going to put KD at the three. At the two. Ooh, this is tough. This is tough. Because obviously you got Jordan and Kobe who are both – if you put them on the same team, I think you might just lose. You might stop. You know, you, the ball might stop a little bit. So, I, I would probably, I might move KD to the four, yeah. and then I would go Kobe and Jordan. But also in today's game, I think you need you need you need pick and roll versatility. You need guys that can, yeah, you know, that can play off the pick and roll. So it's a that's a really tough one. But I would say Shaq, KD at the four. Uh, Kobe at the three, Jordan at the two, and LeBron at the one. Uh, 
now if if it was like old school generation i'd probably be like magic uh my five would be like magic larry uh, um i love charles barkley yeah mostly because he's the funniest human on earth and i love he his really is. um charles i might go akeem i mean akeem you know led, led the nba in scoring i mean he it's like can't really take that away from a dude um so magic larry uh i'm sorry not akeem but um the sky hook. Yep. Um, why can't I remember his name? Wait, what's his, who, what the, who that played for the Lakers, the old, the old dude. Um, Kareem Jabbar. Yes. yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That, is that what, I tried to say that, but I think I said, yeah, it, 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 it's a long name. <laughs> yeah. And then I don't know, point guard, like traditional point guard. I, I probably choose, I mean, I love Stockton, you know, I mean, he led, led the, leads the NBA and steals and assists. Um, <clears throat> love, love Carl Malone. You know, I love the, I love those old, old school Utah jazz players. Um, so you throw in Larry, you Kareem, and then you got Stockton magic. I don't know. I'm just throwing out all the, my favorite all time players. Now I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. Wills. Yeah, no, it, 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 it's 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 a hard question. I I heard it the other day and I thought it was interesting. Do you think? So, I heard the Rockets are looking uh, to uh, trade. Let's let's talk modern day again. The Rockets, Zach Levine. I was I got arguing about this the other day with a, a guy uh, talking about Zach Levine. I really like Zach Levine. I think he's he's a max player. I think he's you know he's really good. I think Chicago seems to be kind of like turning the corner a little bit with, with their, you know, they're, I think they're in the middle of the pack. They might make the playoffs, which is tough. You know, always a tough thing to do with the young players, Kobe white, you know, uh, Zach Levine, this new forward, Patrick Williams. What, um, what do you think of Zach Levine? Do you, you think he should go to Houston? Me personally, I think he should, he should stay at Chicago because he's kind of like the front or like the franchise player there right now. Mm-hmm. And I watched the game the other night. I think it was probably a week, week and a half ago. They played the Chicago. They played uh, the Golden State Warriors, and they were and they were just going back and forth with him. I'm sorry, no, they were playing the 76ers, mm-hmm. and and he was going bucket for bucket with um, with Embiid. And I just think that they have s- some really young talent at the Bulls. And yes, they've gone through a couple of coaching changes, but. At the Rockets, I mean, they just lost James Harden, and they just, and they got a new coach this year, and John Wall and Victor Oladipo, and, and they Victor Oladipo and Zach Levine play, I would say, pretty similar because it they both go off the dribble, they're both athletically gifted, and will get to the rim, but also will shoot the ball a decent amount. Yeah. So if so if I'm Zach Levine, if I go to the Rockets, they've already got two All Stars basically there. And I'm going to be taking a back seat, but at at the Bulls, he can shape and mold a younger team that they can have, and and they're having a pretty good season. They're going to get a pretty good lot. They'd probably get a pretty good lottery pick. So I, I would say Levine should stay there for the longevity of his career. I mean, he's 25, man. Why would you trade? You know, one of the top scorers in the NBA when he's in his he's not even to his prime yet. If anything, you got to go try to find two guys to put around him that you know make him better. You know, and I think that that is like who who are those guys? And I think I think that's what I would do if I was the Bulls. I would I would you know max him out and then and start looking for guys that really fit his style, bring some defensive intensity because I, I mean he's averaging twenty eight five and five. Like what what else? You're one of the best players in the league. You know, he's top ten, top fifteen players. So. I think at this point it's just about getting getting the right fit around him, and um, exactly that's what I would focus on. But well, cool, man. Well, thanks. I think I think we can stop there, man. And um, Thrive Podcast is off back off and running. We got Will's Lee from Albion. We got more training advice than anyone probably needs to hear. We can vent as much as we want because it'll probably just be us talking for you know every week about basketball training and 
So you guys have any questions or, or want us to go over anything or, or touch on anything, please leave, subscribe, leave us a, a comment, questions, reach out to us um, on trevorhuffman.com. You guys can find the podcast. Um, and if you guys are interested in virtual workouts, Wills and I are doing workouts every Saturday. Um, Huffman basketball, you guys can find those on Facebook and uh, the website. So come on, come check us out. And we look forward to, to helping you and your players improve tons of feedback, by the way, I've gotten from programs, high school coaches, parents, everything that uh, has these kids have been working on is paying off right now as their season starts. So super pumped to um, get the videos and get the feedback from, from the coaches and the people on the front lines who are competing now and seeing their, and seeing these kids kind of improve and find solutions uh, from the work they've put in. So really fun. Wills, any last closing comments? Just get that algebra yeah. test, man. Just get through algebra, bro. Hey, that's what I'm saying. I've got, I've got, I've got another two weeks, man. We got this warm weather coming, but oh no, gosh. I just want to, I just want to appreciate you having me on here. Um, make sure you guys check, check out our weekly um, train sessions. I mean, We've, we've got anywhere from elementary school kids to college kids and pros that play. Yeah. So it's a good, it's a, it's a good mix and it's a good group of people and we're just here to help you and get you better in any way. So if you guys have any questions about basketball, life, anything, just leave a comment or send us a, a direct message and we'll get back to you guys and we'll just keep on building. Awesome, man. Thanks Wills. And we'll see you guys next time.